to the first non-major specific episode of Major Things, and it's actually our very first YouTube episode, and I'm super excited for that. And today we've got the editor, Vivian, here with us. I'm super excited because Vivian does everything that I don't know how to do in the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. It's our first video episode, which is super exciting, and I'm usually just on the computer listening to Kara talk and talk and talk and talk. It's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, and she gives me literally every single idea and (laughs) helps me so much with the social media. She does everything, and I do nothing. Okay, so today, in honor of leasing season starting in West Campus, we are going to do a leasing episode. And before you're like, oh, what do these two girls know about leasing? Not only have we been lease signers before, we also were leasing agents, or I am a leasing agent, and Vivian used to be a leasing agent with me. So I think we're pretty qualified to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm a senior, so this will be my fourth lease signed. And Kara's signed multiple leases as well, on campus as well. I haven't lived on campus before, so. Yeah, so if you ever want a dorm video, let us know. I'd be more than happy to make one. I kind of already have planned to make one, but anyway. Let's get into it. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is what is West Campus? So for anyone who hasn't gotten to UT or hasn't really had time to explore what UT is and like the campus, and of course I know that's hard for a lot of freshmen right now, West Campus is literally west of campus, but it's a place where they are just a bunch of apartments where students live because at UT, freshmen don't have to live in dorms and you don't have to live in a dorm at all. And it's a really popular option Um, However, you do have to sign real adult leases whenever you go to those apartments. So next we're going to talk about what to look for whenever you're searching for an apartment. I know me, whenever I first signed my first lease, I was just like, oh, this building looks nice. I'm just going to sign for it and hope for the best. I don't recommend that for everyone. While it worked out for me, that definitely can get you into a lot of sticky situations. So first off, you want to look at pricing, of course. I know when I was a freshman, I looked at apartments.com and I looked at a bunch of websites. Not all apartment buildings will have their prices on their website because they do change pretty frequently. Um, They usually have tiers, so when they first go out, it's at a certain price and it just gets more expensive or cheaper depending on the building. Um, I know that typically once it gets closer to the end of the summer, so like July, Um, Right before school starts, a lot of places will cut their prices if they have spots open. But you do have to be careful about those spots because sometimes they're one spot in a four bedroom, so you're living with random roommates, or they're not the most favorable, and that's why they're the last one available. Um, But as far as pricing goes, I think that anything under 900 is probably not as reasonable. super close to campus so when we're talking about location i would say anything within like a mile radius of campus um if it's not if you have your own room it probably won't be under 900 um yeah i definitely think 900 is super real unrealistic i guess for just this area i think once you move further away from campus like vivian said like it will get cheaper specifically at the quad line so after Guadalupe Street and you're like the first couple blocks after that, um, you're going to be paying a lot. These buildings are super nice and they're super luxurious and you'll get a gym and study areas, which I think are super important, but you will be paying a lot more. So it's just kind of what do you prioritize, which is 
the next thing that we're going to talk about. Okay, so for example, I live in a brand new building last year. Um, it was the first, like I was the first resident. I was living in a four by four, which means it's four bedrooms and four bathrooms. And I was paying 1029 a month. And that was just me and myself. A lot of these are on separate leases. So you and your roommates will each pay the price that's on the lease. You don't split it between you two. Um, and I think that's really cheap for a four by four with, I'm, we're about three blocks away from campus. So that's a pretty reasonable price and they just go up every year. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about whether to live off campus or on campus. It's still really close. I don't think three blocks away from campus is a super long walk. Um, and like we'll talk about later, the amenities are really nice, but it is not split. It is what you pay yourself. And I know that in some other places in West Campus, you can pay maybe 600, so half that, but you're sharing a room with another person. Yeah, and also this sort of way of renting out an apartment where you pay $1,100 for your own bedroom is very specific to student housing. So if I would look into that whenever you're looking to the descriptions, like does it say it's a student housing or does it say it's just a normal apartment complex because there is a difference and usually at just a normal apartment complex, you'll split the room with your roommates, which is so much cheaper and I wish I would have known that. But I currently live, I, well, I lived at the same new building as Vivian did, and I paid $10.49 last year, and then to renew, I paid $10.69. So, like Vivian said, the rent will go up, but luckily mine didn't go up too much. So, another thing that I kind of touched on before is amenities. So, that includes study areas, gyms, um, what else? A pool. A pool, like a... Out, outdoor courtyard area, dog parks. I would definitely look into that. Personally, I would prioritize a gym and a study area just because, if special, and especially because if you're a night studier, you might not want to make the walk to the, to the PCL every single day because, I mean, of course, I've never felt unsafe in West Campus, to be quite honest. I never have, but it's just kind of nice, you know, when it's 40 degrees outside, you don't want to go walk in in the dark by yourself shivering, I wouldn't want to do that. So luckily my apartment building has an awesome study area where you can bring all your friends in as well and do your study groups. And so I think that's a super, super important part of leasing in West Campus. Another factor to consider when you're looking at apartments is your actual bedroom. So they may give you the square footage of the whole apartment, but sometimes they'll even tell you the dimensions of the bedrooms. Usually they have it on file and they'll be able to tell you um, like your room is an 8 by 10 or you know whatever so you can consider that within the price of how big your room is compared to another um, building that has maybe a higher or lower price in a different size bedroom you also want to know if it has a window um, a window is really important for me it's really hard for me to wake up in the morning when there's no window and it's pitch black in your room especially right now with zoom classes it's a lot easier to wake up when you have a window and to sit by the window when you have your classes. Another thing to consider is whether your bedroom and maybe your entire apartment is furnished or unfurnished. So there are some apartment buildings in West Campus that are completely unfurnished so the rent is a lot cheaper. That may be the type of apartment that you find under or around 900 is because there's no furniture in there. Those are also really common in like condos um, that are not student housing. You have to bring your own furniture, so your own bed, desk, 
uh, living room furniture and sometimes it's kind of hard to coordinate when you have roommates um, of like who brings the living room furniture and who gets to keep it when you move out. Um, and so a lot of these buildings will have the furniture package already built into the rent and so that may be why the rent is a little bit more expensive and you also want to know what furniture is going in your bedroom and if they provide living room furniture for example um, last year or for example sophomore year I lived in an apartment that furnished my bedroom um, but they only put a couch in the living room and a coffee table and that was it and so this year I have a couch a side table, coffee table, I have a TV stand, and they even provided us a TV. So it's something to consider when you look at the price. They were both the same exact price and that's why I went with this apartment. Another important question to ask is how many elevators are there? Because in West Campus there are a lot of high rises and some of those elevators take a long time. Like I can't even imagine how long an elevator would take to go up 22 floors and come back if there's only two. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. I personally live in a smaller building because I'm also scared of elevators, so I wouldn't even mess with that. But that's definitely something to keep in mind and kind of ask the leasing agent that you're talking to um, to be like, oh, how long do the elevators take? And do, are they always working? Just because I know some apartments on West Campus do have a tendency to break or not to break while there are people in them, just to kind of shut down. <laughs> so the next important thing is to research the apartment and look at the reviews. It is so important because certain buildings have very certain reputations here in West Campus, and it's not weird for you to ask a resident what they think of a building. So let's just say I was walking to Skyloft, or I was touring Skyloft, and a, I saw a resident as I was walking out after I just got my tour. No one's going to be like, ugh, get away from me if you ask them, hey, do you like living in this building? I'm thinking about living here. In fact, I'm sure they'll tell you a very honest answer that you might not get from every single leasing agent. Also, with reviews, it's a little hit or miss, I would say, because some people have one really bad experience and so that's what they write about right because usually people don't take the time to write a review if they have a good experience um, so do take that into consideration I know when I was a leasing agent um, there were some people who made really bad reviews and but it was like one person who had a problem and it wasn't reflect it wasn't a reflection of like the rest of our building necessarily, so it really depends. I think reviews are also important because sometimes there's hidden fees that you don't necessarily think about. Um, I know I was looking into a certain apartment complex and it looked great, the rent was great, um, and so I was wondering why the reviews were kind of like off, and it was because they charged a ton for move out fees. They said that they had cleaned the entire apartment and it looked fine and they got charged anywhere from three to seven hundred dollars for move out fees which is not normal so I decided I wasn't gonna live there and maybe that was one person's experience but I did see multiple reviews um, so that's something to just keep in mind yeah and if you see anything completely outrageous I would just take that with a grain of salt because the only way you're gonna get charged three to seven hundred dollars in move out fees is if you completely damage your unit so there's probably some stretching of the truth there. <laughs> so I would definitely ask questions about what the security is like around the building. Um, like does the building have security guard 
how far away is it from the library or from your normal study spot and really ask the leasing agents especially if they seem like they're around your age um, if they don't seem a lot older I would definitely ask them hey like how safe do you feel in this area and in all of West Campus but particularly around the building because I know it's super important I personally like I said earlier I've never felt unsafe in West Campus but I think it's better to be safe than sorry I agree and it's another thing to ask about fobs so usually key fobs are the way people get in and out of the building but you want to ask if the building is always open always unlocked and only locks at night if it's always open to the public and um, who all has access to your room and to the amenities and things like that because if strangers are walking in it may be something that you're uncomfortable with yeah i think the most important tip that we could give you is be confident when you're looking for apartments because everybody's going to make commission off of you. The leasing agents that work there, the managers that work there, the housing locators, um, the leasing agents, they'll butter you up and they'll tell you all the great things about the building and then sugarcoat the bad things. While the housing locators such as Housing Scout, and if you don't know what Housing Scout is, um, it's an apartment locating service Well, they'll show you certain apartments and kind of do the work for you and to go with you to kind of show you everything. But they're also making commission off of you and not every building gives them commission. So your building selection kind of gets lowered at that point. So you need to be confident in asking your questions and also, and if you are using a housing locator, you also need to do your own research as well. Another thing about location is it depends on how quiet you like your neighbors to be. Now, living in a college town, your neighbors will most likely be noisy. Um, it doesn't really matter the building. Sometimes people watch TV super loud. Um, you have SoundCloud rappers living next door and you hear them playing the same song over and over again. <laughs> it's a little personal. It's happening to me right now. It's fine. It's unreasonable to think that you won't have any noise with your neighbors, but there are specific areas that are a lot noisier than others. For example, if you live really close to Guadalupe, which is the main street um, right by campus, that's going to be really loud. Also, if you live next to like a frat or sorority house, it will also be loud. Sororities rush during August, so at 9 a.m. They scream and clap and welcome all of the girls rushing, and it is very, very, very alarming, I think, at 9 a.m. Also, as a freshman, if you are at orientation and you've already signed a lease somewhere, I would highly consider where your classes are in relation to your building because I did not consider that. I lived in the Castilian, which was right across the street from campus. It was super close. It was literally like right there. But I scheduled myself for a class that was in the stadium, which is a mile walk. And in the fall, when it's 100 degrees outside, it's not favorable. And also think about where your classes are in location to each other um, and how far it will take you to get back home if you want to eat lunch and things like that. I think that's really important to think about as well. Yeah. Okay, so you found the perfect apartment and you're sitting down with the leasing agent and they are probably going to try and bully you into signing a lease that day. I want to be very honest as a leasing agent. You do not have to sign a lease in office. And in fact, as from one student to another, don't do that because you're not going to have enough time to sign your lease and to really read your lease. And you don't want to get trapped into something that you don't really know what you're doing. And even when you say no, 
I'm going to be honest, we we're taught to not let it go until you said no three times. Be confident in yourself. You do not have to sign that lease. You're probably going to have to sign it electronically. Take your time. Read your lease. I know reading a lease can be daunting. Um, the first three years that I signed leases before I became a leasing agent, it seemed like too much work. I figured they were all the same and that I didn't need to read it and that I could trust whatever the leasing agent told me, which isn't always the case. Sometimes they forget to tell you things or sometimes there's hidden fees. So it's really important to go piece by piece and section by section to take the time to read it. I know it's really boring, but it'll save you so much time, so much hassle later on. So first thing to look at is reassignment, sublet, and relet fees. Um, so say that you want to study abroad one fall um, semester or a spring semester. So you sign a lease for both of the semesters, but during the spring you're not going to be here, so you want to rent it out to someone else. Well, sometimes there's big fees or small fees depending on the lease um, associated with that, and some sometimes it's up to you of like who pays what between you and the person that's renting from you so it's really good to understand if you want to um, study abroad that year or think about you know maybe during covid you'll come and stay for a semester but you want to go back home the other semester so it's really important to know um, what the fees are because you don't want to violate your lease by having someone else living there because that's definitely a whole nother thing to deal with that you don't want to get yourself into Another thing to think about is fees. Um, so I know a lot of places will charge window premiums, meaning that if you have a window in your room, you pay a higher rent than your roommates who don't. There's floor premiums, which means that if you're on a higher floor, um, they'll charge you, or if you want to choose the floor you're on, they will also charge you. And another thing to think about is renter's insurance. So it's something that I didn't have to pay the first two years. Um, I lived in two different buildings, but they were owned by the same company, and they didn't require renter's insurance. Um, I think it was already added in the rent. I never even thought about it. I never even asked, so I honestly don't know. But my third year, I signed at a place that did require renter's insurance, and they gave me the option to have my own or to buy it from them. So from them it was $15 a month, but I was able to use my homeowner's insurance so I didn't want to pay an extra fee. And sometimes they won't even tell you that. So it's good to ask um, if you have the option to just use one that you're already paying for so it's not another fee added on. Another thing is pets. So not every college student wants to bring a pet, but some people do. I have a dog here and I love her. Um, but different buildings handle pets different ways. So first you want to make sure that your building is of course pet friendly. Also that your breed of your dog is accepted in the building because some are not. And another thing is pet rent and pet deposits. So deposit is something that's usually paid at the beginning of your lease and you get it back at the end if your pet um, didn't cause any damages to the apartment. A pet rent is something that you usually pay monthly that you don't get back and is just for... Honestly, I don't really know what they go towards, but it's... the. I, I paid $25 a month to have my dog here, but I also paid a $300 deposit at the beginning of the lease that I will get at the end. So not every building does that, it really just depends, but I would not suggest getting a dog and not telling your building uh, because they could charge you a really high fee for a lease violation. Yeah, or even worse, they could ask your dog to leave. Um, I have seen that happen, which sucks because I know people love their dogs. I want to get a dog so bad, so it's definitely really important that you let your building know it's there, and I know the fees can sometimes be high, but it's definitely worth it. Also, be sure 
Um, I know some people, this is probably pretty self-explanatory, but make sure that you leash your dog and that if you put in a maintenance request, please put your dog up in your room or put it in a crate just because if your dog snaps at a maintenance man or if it snaps at a, another resident, um, it can very well happen where your dog could be asked to be removed. So I would definitely kind of keep that in mind. So another thing to consider is the termination clause. So when COVID hit, both Kira and I were working at our building and no one really paid attention to the termination clause. Honestly, we didn't really know about it that much because not many people decide to leave in the middle of the semester. So it's one thing to really consider um, whether they're gonna let you just leave, if you have to find someone to replace you. Um, if they do let you leave, how big is the fee? How much does it cost? Sometimes it's half the remaining rent. Sometimes it's literally just the rest of it. So it just depends on um, the building and it's something to really consider if, you know, accidents happen and so just keep that in mind. And one of the last things to consider is how long your lease is. So when I was living at Castilian, it was a 10 month lease. So it started from August and it ended in May. I had to move in or I got to move in about a weekend before classes started. So class started on Wednesday, I got to move on that Friday but I did have to move out like the weekend after classes ended. Um, but now where I live, it's a 12 month lease. So I got to move in August like 12th-ish. Yeah. And classes usually start at the end of August. So I had plenty of time to you know move in, decorate my apartment, get things set up and feel comfortable where I am. And then whenever I move out, it'll be July 31st, which is plenty of time after classes end to start moving your stuff out. So lastly, this is a resource that I wish I would have known more about whenever I signed my first lease is that UT has a legal services for students and they will go over any landlord disputes with you. They have a whole web page on how to read a lease. Um, what does this mean in a lease and what does this mean in a lease? And I think it is a resource that UT has set up to help students succeed and kind of this big step in becoming an adult. And I feel like it's a really underused resource, so I would definitely go check it out. I'll put a link um, below, and I will also put the link in, on our blog post, so I would definitely go and check that out, just to kind of get yourself acquainted with the legal jargon and everything like that. So now it's time for some advice. I sent out a Google form and I asked some people on Twitter um, and Instagram to tell us a little bit about their experiences. And so this question was, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice before signing a lease, what would it be and why? So first we have, don't freak out about not having signed a lease when everyone is talking about already signing. There's plenty of apartments and there's always places to explore, so don't settle just because you're feeling pressured or think you need to sign before they run out of apartments. I think that this is such a good piece of advice that I wish I would have put in my script whenever I was making this video because that's exactly what happened to me. I heard about everyone signing leases and I was like, I was like, all these apartments are going to be sold out by October 1st. And I was freaking out and I was like, oh, I'll get the first apartment that I wanted. Of course, it was a beautiful apartment and I love it, but I think that pressure is very much real. Did you feel that pressure? Yeah, for sure. I signed, so freshman year I signed in February because I didn't know. And there were actually a lot of options out there. I just didn't want to look for them. And then sophomore year came rolling around and they were like, oh, you have to sign by October if you want to get a good deal. Or also all, like if you want to live with your friends, 
then you have to like sign now and I don't think that's true I think that your building will push you to renew very soon like the same month or the next month that you move in so if you move in in August by September they'll be telling you to resign um, or that your spot will go away but usually that's also in the lease that you have until a certain time to renew without someone else taking your spot um, so that's one thing to consider another thing is the only time that I think time is crucial is if you have a smart housing lease so in Austin yes. smart housing is um, for people who work or have financial aid so you either provide them with your pay stubs or your financial aid and you qualify for a discounted rent usually they're for studios other places have it in four bedrooms um, our building has them just in studios and so if you wanted to live in a studio alone for a cheaper amount it's under a thousand um, that's the only time when I think this really matters because they have limited spots and it does go by really fast since it is a lower rent but other than that if you're looking for a regular lease I would definitely take your time to look around however while I do think that's true I know that if let's just say you move into a building and you love it and your building starts to remind you hey you need to renew hey you need to renew if you already know you love that building renew there like don't even risk losing your apartment because you know you'll have to move or you get moved to a different unit or you'll get moved to a different floor plan and I just like I said if you already know where you want to live sign resign Okay, another point brought up by someone else, which I also have had the same experience, is that if they don't have a leasing office on site, meaning they don't have any people actually working in that building, you will have a harder time getting issues resolved. And that's very true. I lived at Crestnut Pearl, which was a very nice building. I think um, it looks nice, um, my apartment was nice, the rooms were big, but no one actually works in that building. It's owned by American Campus, and they have a ton of buildings on West Campus. They have so many buildings that they don't have staff at every single building. So I had to walk to Callaway, which was, I don't know, three or four blocks yeah. away from my building Maybe. just to ask for things, just to get my fob replaced, just to say, hey, my fob's not working, can you fix it? I had to walk all the way to that other building. And then if it didn't work again, I would have to come back to my building and then walk back over there. So that's another thing to consider if they don't have leasing right then and there in your building you may have a lot of issues with maintenance and other things like that yeah and honestly it's kind of fun to live in a building where you can talk to your leasing agents i know from the other end that's probably my favorite part of the job is getting to know my residents and getting to talk to them and i think it's so much easier to get things done whenever you come into the office and so like vivian said yeah it's definitely something to consider so there's only one major problem that i've ever had living in west campus and that was when um sophomore year i signed a lease in october and literally like the day before new year's they called me and they said hey by the way we oversigned your lease um which means that they didn't have the unit available that they offered me in that floor plan and they either offered me a really expensive like a 1400 dollars apartment or they were gonna cancel my lease. And at the time, I didn't have, I didn't know about that UT Legal Services that Kira had mentioned earlier, and I didn't really know my rights as a lease holder and a lease signer. And so I thought it was normal for me to just sign um, something and just say, oh, this is a mutual agreement, which it was not, because obviously I had agreed to 
what I had signed for and I had a lot harder time finding an apartment afterwards um, because what I specifically was looking for and the price range that I was looking for had already been sold out. Um, I was looking for something really specific and so that's something that you should definitely know that if something seems sketchy, it probably is and that you should contact legal services. I know that also sometimes that happens with like the condos that aren't student housing um, that have one landlord over them. Sometimes they can make some deals that don't really make sense. So I would just run it by that UT legal services just to make sure that everything's legit. Yeah. And lastly, coming from a leasing agent, one thing I always wish I could tell people is there's only so much that I personally can do for you. Um, I'm kind of the low man on the totem pole, so if you have an issue, the best I can do is tell my manager. And a lot of times my managers are busy and they're in a meeting, so I can just put you at my in my end of the day email and that's really it. And honestly, it sucks because for the most part, anyone that I know that's a leasing agent, really do care for the residents and for any resident issues that there are. So just kind of remember that and they, your leasing agents know a lot like for at least I know for me and Vivian we've both been given a lot of responsibility at our job so but if they tell you that they can't do something it's probably because they really cannot yeah also most of them probably also live in the building so if it's a building-wide problem that you're experiencing that you call about it's probably something they also are experiencing and they probably are just as frustrated as you are and want it to be fixed just as you are so yeah just please be patient with them because they are trying their hardest and a lot of them are also college students so they also understand where you're coming from and care for you as well yeah thank you guys so much for if you're listening to the podcast, tuning in, and if you're watching this on YouTube for watching, um, it's super exciting to kind of make the transition between podcasting and YouTube and kind of going into this whole journey. Um, so thank you so much. And if you guys would like to see more content like this and would like more what I like to call tips and tricks videos of UT, let us know. It's super exciting to make these videos. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. I'm so excited to finally be in an episode. Um, I didn't want to, but Kira convinced me, and yes. I had so much fun. And, yeah, if there's any other questions that you have as a freshman or even as a current UT student that you think that we could offer some advice on, please comment below. We'd love to hear it, and we'd love to be here to help. Yeah. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in, and hopefully we'll see you guys next week when we talk about our next major. Welcome.